0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, we continue our 32 for 32 series with a look at the Denver Broncos. Now, was not a great season by any stretch of the imagination for Broncos fans out there. I mean, it took, you know, literally almost half of a century for them to have back-to-back losing seasons. Now, we're in a bit of a rough patch, rough patch and obviously, the 5-11 2020 Broncos didn't do much to change that. With that said, people, zero snaps from Bob Miller, only 31 from Cortland Sutton. Like, this team basically had both of their arguably best two players on off best player on offense best player on defense taken away from them before they can do anything so we got plenty of holes to talk about in this episode but just realized 2020 you know maybe 511 that was a bad team by any any uh, definition i understand that but they were certainly working behind the eight ball when it came to some injuries so up and down season mostly downs plenty of uh, potential upside here moving forward I have a very special guest to help me try to break down what they might need to do to get some of that upside you can catch his coverage over at colorado's second largest newspaper the gazette as well as digitally at the denver gazette he is george who You can follow on twitter at george george Stoya, and that's s-t-o-i-a george thanks for the time man happy off season
1: yeah thanks for having me on it's it's funny that this is perfect timing like we said before we hopped on here we we just literally got off a zoom call with george payton the gm uh and coach vic fangio so hopefully i can answer questions you know better since we, we just got to talk to them
0: Absolutely. I've already peeked at your Twitter over there and I see we got some news on some of the restricted guys and all that. So fantastic timing. Absolutely. Per usual, we'll go through the top three team needs, hit George with some workload related questions and, and things with the bold offseason take. So we're recording this on March 4th. We got some news starting to fly, you know, r- around the radar a little more often. But hopefully uh, this holds up just fine for you those listening at a later date. So, George, why don't you lead things off with your top three offseason needs for the Denver Broncos?
1: You know, I think that... um that's always an interesting question because I think that I think you could probably say for like 20 teams um, like that you could probably include quarterback in this talk and I think (laughs) yeah I mean I think obviously um, the Broncos um, are I think looking for a quarterback um, from what I've you know understood is and and kind of what George Payton just said is um, you know he was asked about Deshaun Watson and if they're pursuing that and you know he couldn't really give a a straight answer on that, but did say they're going to be aggressive. But for the sake of this conversation, I'm just going to say, let's just pretend that they stick with Drew Locke. Maybe they sign a veteran quarterback um, and, and we'll just, I'll pick three different positions because I, I think that everybody knows the Broncos are kind of looking at quarterback situation. So I, I would say number one corner. Um, I think that's, that's their number one priority. Um, you know, they they've been linked to a lot of you know mock drafts taking uh, a corner, you know, mostly Caleb Farley at that number nine pick. Uh, in the upcoming draft, uh, you look at the injuries they suffered this last season. They had to play, you know, Michael Ogimudie a lot, a third round pick last year as a rookie. Um, you know, they, they brought in a couple other guys that had, you know, multiple uh, guys, you know, go down with, I think, ACL injuries. Um, you know, A.J. Boye, they just released, um, who they brought in as a veteran corner. Uh, you know, Bryce Callahan had some injury issues last year. So I think that corner has to be at the top of the list. Um, and I think that's where the direction they'll go. Uh, in the upcoming draft is I think they will go after maybe a, a, you know, Caleb Farley or Patrick Sertain or, or JC Horn, something like that. Um, so I think that's the first one. I think after that, it's probably maybe linebacker um, I, I, I really, or, or maybe edge, you know, one of those positions it's like outside linebacker yeah. uh, edge rusher type position um, because I think Vaughn's situation is interesting in that if they bring Vaughn Miller back, obviously that gives them, some depth there, but he is going to be 32 next season. He is coming off uh, a season ending ankle injury. Um, And when you have a guy like that, I think you want to bring in another edge rusher. Um, and, And if they don't, and I know we'll probably get into the Vaughn situation later. And if they don't bring it back, then you clearly obviously need to, you know, go after maybe a Micah Parsons or a Baron Browning out of Ohio state in the draft, or maybe you go after a free agent, um, you know, th- at that position. And so I think that edge is that next position that you kind of have to think about. Um, and then I would say the third, you know, priority, I think you could go several different ways. I think the running back position is one that they need to take a serious look at. Um, you know, they announced today, Philip Lindsay, they're going to tender him, um, but you know, Melvin Gordon's situation, he's currently, um, about to go to court, uh, for, uh, DUI, um, and his, you know, future seems up in the air, even though he's coming off a pretty good season. Um, I think he rushed for like 997 yards or something last season. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. And I, I wouldn't shock me if they went after a rookie running back, you know, maybe in the third or fourth round, I think this running back class is pretty deep, um, this year. And so it'd be interesting to see what they do there. I think the other one that I would maybe mention for that third spot is, um, you know, the tackle position, uh, specifically right tackle. Um, obviously Garrett Bowles is playing great at left and had a career season. Um, but this last season, right tackle was a huge problem. And Juwan James is expected to come back next season after opting out this last year. And, and obviously he's a proven right tackle in the league, but I, I wouldn't be shocked again, if they look at maybe acquiring, uh, some more depth there in case, you know, a similar situation pops up or, um, you know, they had several injuries up front this last season that I think they would have liked to have maybe somebody a little bit more experienced there at right tackle. So I think that answered that question. I think yes. I gave you four. And really, five if you count quarterback.
0: So. <laughs> Fantastic stuff, man. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to separate, uh, you know, some of these, like where the problem is. And you know, speaking to the tackle position on that offensive line, I mean, Drew Locke, yes, he does hold the ball a lot, but you also look and they were 27th in pressure rate, even when he was getting the ball out in under two and a half seconds. But then that brings us to the running back room where, yeah, I was actually surprised when you said, uh, 997, it was 986, very, oh, very close, but very close. E- <laughs> either way, 1144 total yards and 10 touchdowns. Like that was quiet. I I felt like everyone kind of just passed off on Melvin Gordon as, you know, just even an above average back after the first month or so of the season, obviously had the rough, you know, contract holdout in 2019 and all that. Kind of uh, putting together a pretty uh, solid year. Obviously, Philip Lindsay, when he can stay healthy, is a solid enough guy. But it seems like somewhere on that offensive line or in the running back room, they could make a little splash because elsewhere, tight end wide receiver, they're set. That's really the only last spot they could try to upgrade the offense is that run game.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, you look at their, their wide receiving core and it's, I mean, when it's healthy, it's one of, I think, one of the best uh, in the league, especially if Courtland Sutton can come back and, um, you know, have the type of season that I think he was expecting to have last year. Uh, before he got injured. And you add Jerry Judy, who, um, you know, he had his, you know, rough patches here and there, but he obviously showed great potential. Uh, KJ Hamler as well. I know he was injured and, you know, Noah fan at tight end. Uh, They've got a lot of skill players there, but I think you're right. And, and really Melvin, again, I thought he had a really solid season last year. And if it weren't for um, the DUI situation, I think it would be set in stone that he's coming back because, um, you know, he's still relatively young. I, I think he's, I don't know, like 27, 28, somewhere in there. I can't you know, and, and, and is coming off one of his better seasons, obviously his best season in Denver. Um, And then you look at Phillip and, you know, Phillip dealt with some injuries this last season. Um, It'll be interesting to see what his future holds, because I don't think there's a ton of teams out there uh, that would probably be interested in him. I think, you know, obviously the Broncos, um, you know, want to keep him around because he has proven that he can be a good back when he's healthy. Obviously he's a local kid. Um, You know, he's a big fan favorite here. So I think keeping him around is what they want to do, but, Um, you know, after next season, it'll be interesting to see what they do there. But again, it wouldn't shock me if they, if they move in a direction of getting a young running back, because I think the running back position in the NFL is so interesting. Um, you know, there's always, you want younger guys and you can usually find pretty talented, serviceable running backs, um, you know, in later rounds. And especially I think in this draft, there's so many guys, uh, that I think would fit the Broncos offense pretty well, um, that I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them go after in the third or fourth round.
0: Yeah, I remember going to last season, it was funny because you're just trying to project the backfield. It was pretty clear that Melvin should be the starter and hand, handle some of the pass down duties while Lindsey would kind of be, you know, the change of pace uh, early down guy because people look at Lindsey they see the shorter back. They kind of assume that he's, you know, this receiving friendly back, but no, I mean, he, they, he's just never really caught right. over 35 balls, only seven receptions all of last year. I thought that was an underrated part of Melvin Gordon's game with the Chargers. Obviously, Eckler was far better, but Gordon, I mean, could play on all three downs. Didn't see as much as that last year with him and really did struggle particularly from a yards per target basis so yeah if they do get another back hopefully it could be someone that can help out a little bit more in the passing game because just didn't have a bunch of that from that group last year uh want to swing back to defense you talked about having maybe some insight on the ongoing von miller situation that would be great and then also any word on if justin simmons will be getting that second franchise tag
1: yeah you know the von the von situation um is obviously very intriguing because i mean he's a He's a superstar in Denver, right? I mean, he's one of um, you know the greatest players, especially in the last decade. Obviously, helped them win uh, Super Bowl fifty, and and is a fan favorite, uh, much like Philip Lindsay. But um, you know, coming off that injury, uh, thirty-two years old, I think that you know he's he's got the eighteen million dollar club option, which I, I can say f- almost for fact that that's more than likely not going to be picked up. Um, I think the situation is. Um, Either they decline it and they save $18 million. Um, I think there's like 4 million of dead cap space that they would still have to pay, but they would save 18 million Um, or they restructure contract. And right now I would lean towards that's what they're going to do, especially after seeing um, kind of what went down with JJ Watt. Uh, I think Vaughn's going to ask for a similar type contract. Now, I don't know if the Broncos would give him that. I know that, um, you know, looking into it, most guys that are edge rushers over the age of 30 are not getting paid um, quite, you know, $15 million a year or whatever it was um, for JJ Watt. But, you know, I think Vaughn may have a case for something like that. What, what throws a whole, you know, loop into all of it, because I, I if, if this wasn't going on, I would say Vaughn would for sure be coming back. But he's currently under a criminal investigation uh, in Douglas County, which is right outside of Denver. Um, and there appears to be no word on, what the situation like what the outcome is going to be and and no one even knows um, you know, what the investigation is for. Uh, and we don't really have a timetable of when we're going to find out it was just passed over to the DA's office. Um, so hopefully the DA will let us know like if there will actually be like charges, you know, pressed and if, you know, he'll go to court and all that. Um, but you know, today, George Payton kind of addressed it and said that it was a serious issue, uh, that was going on with, with, with Vaughn. And so that makes me think that that will kind of play a role and maybe we won't know, uh, really until, you know, that situation is played out. Now, I know that we're approaching the deadline pretty quickly. So it would need to play out, um, you know, here in the next week or so. But, um, you know, I I, right now I lean towards he's going to be back because, again, um, I I understand that the investigation is going to play a role in it. But I, I, you know, the way George Payton talked about Vaughn today, uh, what he means to the organization, and saying, you know, definitively, we want him back, makes me think that he will be back because um, I think Vaughn uh, probably also wants to be back in Denver I think he you know he's talked about how he wants to finish his career as a Bronco um, and and I think that they can, if they can work out a deal that's maybe you know two years 30 million or two years 28 million 29 million somewhere in that you know 13 to 15 million dollar range I think he might be worth it um, because I, I think that again I talked a little bit about the depth at that edge spot um, he obviously, he's very experienced there. Uh, one of the best in the league. And, you know, there was a, there was a feeling before he got hurt last season that he was going to have a career year. Um, and so I I think that you, you take the risk there, um, you know, and, and, and bring him back, um, as for Justin Simmons, I think that's who you asked about next. Um, I, 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 I am 95% sure he will be playing for the Broncos next season. Um, Whether that's on the franchise tag for a second year or for a long-term deal, which, um, you know, George Payton also said today, that's his number one priority is signing Justin Simmons to a long-term deal. Um, You know, he'll, he'll be in uh, a Broncos uniform next season. I would, I would predict. Um, you know, I know that the uh, franchise tag deadline is, is March 9th. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they tag him just to give them extra time to work out that long-term deal. Um, and I think they will find a long-term deal. I know Justin went on um, a radio show, I think yesterday, uh, and said that he wants to be a Bronco for life, that he wants to come back, um, and that they have been having discussions. So I think they're close. I think you know, for Justin, the biggest thing for him Uh, I think he wants to be a top five paid safety. I don't think he wants to be, um, you know, number one or, or, you know, it was one of those guys that's like, I have to have the, you know, the number one money or anything like that. I think he just wants to be in the top five. Um, And and if they tag him, he'd actually technically be in the top five, but I I don't think he wants to play on the franchise tag for another season. Um, I think he would actually be really frustrated if that happened. So, um, you know, I I expect them to work out a long-term deal sometime over the next couple of months, whether he's on the tag or not.
0: Fantastic. We'll keep that safety spot locked in. Hopefully, as you said before, cornerback linebacker needs some help there. Von Miller situation, obviously legally needs to play out before we make any guarantees, but hopefully we'll, will be back on a short-term deal. And yeah, man, I mean, you know, he said it could have been a big breakout year. Let's see Von Miller and a healthy Bradley Chubb on the field at the same time. Could be their best, you know, duo pass rusher since we had DeMarcus Ware and Von tearing things up uh, about a half decade ago. But remember everyone, those three team needs cornerback linebacker edge, and then a running back offensive line mix. Fantastic stuff stuff george now i want to move on to some just kind of 2021 workload related stuff again recording this on march 4th so things can change quickly but first we got to talk about the quarterback position i am a drew lock apologist i really enjoy watching the guy play i think You know, some people get this confused with me saying that he's a great quarterback. That's not quite it, but he plays like a great quarterback for some portions. And then he looks like a disaster for other stretches of the game. To me, he's the closest thing we have left to Jameis Winston. Now, whether or not that's someone you want your favorite team to have under center is a different story. But as someone that watches every game every week, I enjoy seeing Drew Locke play football. Do you think the Broncos feel the same way? And basically, how long do you think his leash is entering the 2021 season?
1: That's such a good question. And it's, I mean, it's the question everybody wants the answer to, Um, you know, today it felt like they're, I mean, every day it seems like they're very confident in Drew. Um, You know, I think the organization believes in Drew, but I think they also know that they can get better at that position. Um, I don't think they think they can get better at that position in this draft unless they were somehow able to get their hands on Trevor Lawrence, which is not going to happen. But I don't think they look at any of the other rookie QBs and say, Oh, he's this much better or or we would be this much better with one of those guys than Drew. Um, And I think Drew this last year um, really showed some steps. I mean, you look at his, the back half of, of his season, after that Raiders game, which he threw like four interceptions in, uh, he really performed pretty well. And he put them in positions to win football games. And that's what all you can ask for. And I think the other thing that you have to remember, he's really coming off his rookie year. I mean, I know that uh, he played a little bit at the end of his, his first season, but this was the first year that he really got to, to play uh, for a full year, Um, you know, this next year will be the first time he'll have uh, you know, uh, 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 an offensive coordinator that he had the, you know, pro- the season prior in uh, Pat Shermer, which I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, is Pat Shermer the right offensive coordinator for Drew Locke? But I think that they kind of hit their stride there towards the end of the season. Um, and I know the results you know, there wasn't a ton of wins there, but um, you know, I think that he can be a guy that they move forward with. And I think the the best move for them, if they're not able to get their hands on a Deshaun Watson, which obviously I think, you make that trade. If you can, I think every, you know, probably 30 teams, 28 teams in the league would do Mm -hmm. that if they could. Um, but if you can't, I think moving forward with drew is not a bad option because you can bring in, um, you know, say an Andy Dalton or an Alex Smith or Ryan Fitzpatrick to be his backup, maybe push him a little bit. Somebody that's a veteran that you can trust. If, if drew underperforms, you can put them in there and still compete in games. Uh, and then maybe next season if it doesn't go the way that you hope maybe that's the year you go after big rookie QB which I think that um, there's some you know potential really good quarterbacks uh, in next year's class with Spencer Rattler Sam Howell um, the kid from USC who's you know missing my mind right now uh, yeah. is it Clovis I can't remember
0: yeah whatever his name college prospects right now <laughs> yeah uh,
1: but um you know, I think that I think that moving forward with Drew and and maybe filling some of those other gaps that I mentioned in the upcoming draft is is the way to go with this team because um, I again I I don't think they feel comfortable going after a rookie quarterback. I know there's been some talk of you know maybe they move up from number nine and they go after Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones and maybe one of those guys is there at number nine and they feel really good about it, but. Um, I think Drew's proven enough that he deserves maybe one more chance to to go at it next season, uh, and, and especially if again, if I mean we talked about it, if those weapons are healthy um, and that offensive line is healthy, they've got a, a chance to be pretty good. Now, I, obviously the division is is incredibly difficult with the Chiefs, but um, you know I think that they can compete next year, and and I think that they feel like Drew can at least get them to the playoffs next season. I, I think they they feel that confident in him.
0: Last year, fifth and big time throw rate. 34th in turnover worthy play rate. So again, yeah. highs and some lows, but yeah. All right. That's fair. Bring in some competition, you know, Andy Dalton, Fitzpatrick, even Trubisky, if the bears let him go, let's see if someone else comes in just blows out the door, you know, with those weapons they have there. Cause there are a lot of viable, you know, receivers. We have some, you know, the Sam Donald's of the world and some other guys, where you always wonder how they would do it a better offense in terms of the receiver talent. That's not an issue for Drew Locke right now. So again, maybe spruce up the offensive line, bringing some, uh, you know, uh, extra help uh, just behind measure competition behind him, but don't give up on the guy just yet. 24 years old. And again, just the fact we've seen him play as well as he had for small stretches in between, you know, how many injuries already through two years, briefs down the COVID list, right. with the rest of the quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm with you, man. 20, if we don't see more in 2021, okay. Then maybe I'll hop off the stance a little bit, but I think right. at least for the time now it's, you don't, you know, your friends might call you crazy, but we're George and I are telling you, you are not crazy for being right. slightly well, optimistic on true Long. We're going to take a quick break to pay some bills, PFF and some, Sunday Night Football's Chris Collinsworth is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field, 49ers All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman. The Chris Collinsworth Podcast featuring Richard Sherman is available now wherever you find your podcast. They will provide the most interesting football conversations and sports every single week, and sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will be taking a dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting in the best and brightest to talk about everything that is happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars, you do not want to miss the best 60 minutes of insight this season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to get your opportunity at a $1,000 deposit bonus. That's promo code PFF for new customers to get an opportunity at a $1,000 deposit bonus only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com, sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500.
1: When I think... part of the reason I'm optimistic about him is he does seem to have the tools to do it. Uh, He's got the arm. um, He's got the accuracy. Most of the time, I think a lot of it comes down to decision-making. I mean, he He can make any throw on the field. Right. And, and, and that's what you have to ask for at this point. I mean, look, not every quarterback, I think that sometimes, and this is getting to a much bigger discussion about the NFL, but I think sometimes NFL teams see a Deshaun Watson or a Patrick Mahomes and how quickly they were able to adjust to the NFL uh, and how much success they had early on that sometimes they don't give maybe these younger guys, uh, you know, more time. And, and, and the other thing too is, is Drew Locke was a second round pick. I mean, you're paying, you know, very little for his services right now. So it's not like uh, he's a first round, you know, number one pick overall. Um, you can, you can, you know, be patient with him
0: a little bit, I guess absolutely and we're not saying you know pay him another contract yet but right. in 2021 it's okay to keep on keeping on for a little bit now i want to talk about these receivers he's got around him because unfortunately last year he didn't even have his number one receiver for more than 31 snaps because Colin Sutton, of course tore his acl i get it you know tim patrick judy there are plenty of other guys around him but not having sutton was a shame because i mean the dude i mean people were calling him like a breakout candidate in 2020 like he already broke out in 2019 that was a great wide receiver we we're hoping to see more of that in 2020 but unfortunately Again, had that injury. Do you have an update with how his recovery is going and can we fully expect him to be ready to go come week one?
1: Yeah, I think it's going really well. Um, you know, I've heard that he's been, you know, working out a lot. Um, it sounds like he'll be ready come week one. And really what I think that I am most excited about watching with, with Sutton is obviously his production is is, I think, gonna be uh phenomenal. And I think, you know, in the the few snaps we did get to see him play, I think he was on track to have Um, you know, a pretty good season and it felt like he, you know, he personally felt like he was going to have a good season, but um, you know, I think it's going to open things up for someone like Jerry Judy. I mean, you look back at last season um, and a lot of teams knew how good Judy was and he was, you know, sometimes getting double teams or um, you know, was drawing, you know, another team's best corner. And now if, if Judy is the number two guy um, you know, behind a sudden, I think it could open some things up for someone like him and and also a, a guy like KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick, um, you know, all those guys are going to benefit from someone like Cortland Sutton uh, to be back. I know sometimes we always think about there's not enough balls to go around. But I think in this case, uh, it'll really help because I think that and I think it'll help, obviously, Drew Locke. Uh, but I think it'll really help those other receivers um, maybe get to see the ball a little bit more because teams were scheming so much on on Judy and Hamler and, and, and Patrick, too, uh, when he was healthy. So I, I think that um, it's going to really open up this offense and just make them, you know, that much better.
0: Great to hear Cortland is on the right track. I mean, truly at full health. That guy's anyone's idea of anyone's idea of a legit wide receiver one. The Broncos are just lucky enough to have several great receivers. And I'm happy, you know, you're, you're seemingly still on the Judy train. I am as well. Look, he dropped the ball a lot in 2020. Only Deontay Johnson, Judy, and DK Metcalf had at least 10 plus drops. People drops. They're not good to see, but they're really not a bad sign necessarily for wide receivers. If you're getting open enough to drop that many passes, generally we see these things regress from next year. Here are all the players with 10 plus drops in 2012, just to kind of show you that, you know, you see a lot of really good players at the top of these lists. Jimmy Graham. Wes Walker, Calvin Johnson, Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, Victor Cruz, Des Bryant, Demarius Thomas, Stevie Johnson, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green. There's like six more very good players. So, yeah, I mean, okay, I wish Judy did not drop 10-plus passes last year, of (laughs) course, but this is not something we should necessarily expect him to, you know, be put on the bench and not be a productive receiver. So, yes, I'm very confident and optimistic with Judy next year. How do you, uh, because we know Sutton's the one, though, it seems like Judy's going to be the number two. Hamler was the slot receiver when he was healthy, but tim patrick who i believe uh today was tendered at you believe a second round level so if you could uh talk a little more on that but do you see patrick just kind of being the number four because man this dude played great last year it seems like he's a little bit overqualified at the same time though again we just got three really good guys potentially ahead of him
1: yeah i mean he probably is number four number three maybe um especially if judy takes the leap that i think he will uh you know which you know stinks for someone like tim patrick who um you know, has obviously worked his tail off as someone that not a lot of people thought would make it in the league, to be honest, um, and has, has really surprised a lot of people. So, um, you know, I, I think next season might be his last in Denver. Um, you know, I think he might look for somewhere to be the number one or number two guy because I think he's that good. I mean, he, he showed that this last year. He was, he was really the number one guy, um, you know, him and Judy kind of fighting for that number one spot. Um, and he's so, he's so big and his hands are so strong. You know, I think it was the other day he was uh, tweeting at pro football focus actually um, about how he had zero drops or something like that. Um, and uh, you know, pro football focus ended up tweeting that out, but I mean, he's, he's so strong and so versatile that um, you know, he, he just helps this team so much and he gives them something a little bit different. You know, I think Cortland Sutton, obviously is kind of a, you know, Jack of all trades do it all at receiver, um, you know, I think Jerry Judy is kind of in that same vein. I think he can end up being um, a guy that, I mean, obviously he's a great route runner, um, somebody that you can catch over the seam, um, you know, KJ Hamler's kind of a burner. Um, and Tim Patrick is just this big, strong physical guy that almost reminds you of like a, a smaller, faster tight end type, uh, you know, wide receiver. So uh, it'll be interesting. You know, they, they did tender him. Um, you know, I, I, I think you'll have another solid season next year, but you know, kind of like I said earlier, the you know, the, there's only so many balls to go around, and I think you know, with Cortland coming back, it'll, it'll open up some things for him. Um, but I think that you know, he could get lost in the shuffle, he is one of those guys that um, could get lost, and that's unfortunate. But that also means, uh, if that does happen, that means Cortland Sutton's obviously having a great season. Uh, and so is Jerry Judy and probably KJ Hamler.
0: It's a crowded passing game with a lot of talented pieces it's, which it's is a, a good gruel- problem to have i was about to say it's a good real problem good real life problem a kind of right. annoying and fancy land when we're trying to figure out who's beginning be getting these targets right. but there should be production to be had and yeah i just pulled up uh tim patrick's twitter uh pff we tweeted the lowest drop percentage by wide receivers in 2020 Devonte adams hopkins alan robinson cole beasley and tim patrick goes my tweet must be coming soon since mine is at percent. <laughs> pff yeah. falls up with the only wide receivers with at least 70 targets and zero drops tim patrick and larry Gerald fantastic hands there George last thing before we get your bold offseason take no offense my goodness man this guy seemed like he was playing through three four injuries in 2020 it sucked because 2019 I mean the guy as a I believe 21 year old rookie year you know 21 turned 22 like he was breaking records in the PFF database for his yards after the catch ability we usually see so little out of rookie tight ends at the fact he gave him anything was looking like a real you know promising potential year two breakout but again you know I, I would love Love if you could speak more of those injuries he was going through and just how optimistic we should be about noah fan 2021 because just with the ball in his hands man this dude looks like he's special
1: yeah it's it's one of those things where he didn't have any like totally serious injuries, but they were a bunch of just, he was just dinged up. It felt like all season, but he kept producing, um, you know, and it's also interesting too, that tight end room is, is pretty deep. Um, You know, Albert O, I don't know how to say his last name, Albert (laughs) O the rookie out of Missouri, um, you know, was having a great rookie season and really kind of taking away uh, some of the balls from, from Noah early in the year. Um, And then he went down with an ACL injury and then you had Nick Vanette, Um, You know, Fumagalli was in there playing quite a bit. Um, You know, that tight end room was pretty deep. And so for his production to be as high as it was, um, I think he, he broke the record for like most catches by a Broncos tight end in the first two seasons or something like that. Um, you know, and, and so I expect him to have a, a you know, a, another big year. And, and um, I think he was frustrated at times with the season, not because of his production or anything, but I think he, he's really stepped into a leadership role on the team. Um, he's a guy that you could tell he's, he's a vocal leader. Um, you could tell he was frustrated at the end of the season when they weren't winning games. Um, and he was, you know, playing pretty well. He's playing some of the best football of his career. Um, I expect him to have a, another big season next year. I think he, you know, if we're talking fantasy, I, I would, I would take, uh, you know, Noah Fant, um, you know, in a fantasy draft because I I just he catches a lot of passes, it seems like. And and he's become, you know, one of Drew Locke's favorite targets. And if Drew is the guy next season, uh, I don't think that's going to change. And he also he has a knack for finding the end zone, too. Um, I don't know how many touchdown catches he's had this last season, but um, it seems like he was he was definitely a guy they went to in the red zone.
0: I mean, last year he finished as the PPR tight end eight, which is fantastic. I feel like he's probably going to be going around that same range. That's his floor when he's being this banged up, you know, he's got quarterback changes, guys in and out, had a freaking game with a wide receiver under center yeah. tight end eight. That's his floor. That's great. If we can just get a situation where he's healthier, he starts, you know, being in a more productive offense, more scoring chances, more yards after the catch goodness that we know he has. That's where we can see him leap in that top five. So we'll see how some of these ADPs break out everyone, but, but do not sleep on Noah fan. I know his, uh, you know, old team. Teammate TJ Hawkinson is getting, you know, a lot of that top five uh, discussion. Denver's a little more crowded than Detroit. I get that. But just truly, you know, in terms of pure receiving ability, I think Fant deserves to be kind of in that upper tier conversation at the tight end position. George, fantastic stuff. Do you have a bold offseason, free agency, draft, whatever it might be, prediction to leave us with? That's tough. Uh, is it Broncos related or just across the league? I'd I, I like Broncos. But if you got something up your sleeve, I, I'm open to that too. You know,
1: I don't know if the Broncos are going to make a big move. I know everybody here in Denver wants them to go after Watson. And I think they will. I, I really think that once, uh, you know, the Texans come around and start taking phone calls because they're, they're going to have to eventually, um, you know, I think the Broncos are going to be one of those teams that offer. Um, I don't think they'll land him um, mostly because I think uh, Deshaun I know has come out and I, think said maybe where he wants to go and, and Broncos were on that list, but more because I, I don't think the Broncos have as much to offer. And I also don't think they'll be willing to give up as much as maybe other teams will. Um, So I think maybe my big prediction is that Watson ends up in Miami. I think that's where uh, he wants to go. Um, and I have no inside knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> I just like based off of uh him personally, I just think that he would want to be Miami. I think he would fit in well there. Um, I think that he could obviously win. I mean, they they had a good team last season. I know they just missed the playoffs. Um, you know, I think that the, the Texans, that's a trade they would want to maybe do with, you know, maybe getting Tua in return. Um, and they can also offer up, you know, maybe a better pick this this upcoming draft than the Broncos can. Um, so I guess my big prediction would be Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins. I don't even know if that's a big prediction because I know that's like something that everybody's been talking about. But um, I do think it'll be the Dolphins if I had to guess. Um, and so I guess that's my big prediction. How about but I, I don't have any big Broncos other than I. I will predict, I think Von Miller will be back next season. Right. I don't know if that's a big prediction, um, but I know that's an important one for a lot of Denver fans. I think he'll be back. I think they'll find a way to restructure that contract uh, and get him back in Denver for these next couple of years.
0: Over, under 13 stars for Drew Locke with good health.
1: I'm going to say over um, because right. I, I um, and I know Broncos fans don't like this, but um, I am kind of a believer in Drew Locke. I think he's got the right mentality. Like I said, I think he's got the right tools. Um, like you said, he, he can make all the throws, all those sorts of things, um, you know, and I think that it, it's not to say Andy Dalton or Ryan Fitzpatrick or Alex Smith or any of those other guys aren't any good. I just would I if I were a team, I would rather have the young guy get more snaps. Um, and I don't know what the results will be, but um, I think that he'll end up, you know, I think he'll start more than 13 games if he stays healthy. Um, but and I think the Broncos will finish if I had to guess today, maybe like eight and eight. Nine yeah. and seven, somewhere in there, maybe, maybe seven and nine, somewhere in that range. So um, with okay. Drew Locke as the starter.
0: He'll keep him competitive. I love him and cannot wait to hopefully get 13 more games of Drew Locke under center. Hopefully more, hopefully even some January action. Who knows? Yeah. I don't want I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm just, I'm hopeful uh, with the Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I wrote an article last week about the most fun potential, just, only fun potential trade destinations. I had the Broncos as fourth for Watson because of all the skill, position, talent. Dolphins at number seven. They got some guys. In terms of realistic, though, I think you're spot on. Dolphins have far more, uh, you know, just draft capital to offer than the Broncos. So certainly makes sense there. Fantastic stuff, George. People can find you on Twitter at George Storia. That's S-T-O-I-A. What do you got on the agenda for the offseason? Uh, you know, a lot of draft
1: coverage, um, you know, that's obviously quickly approaching free agency. I think we're going to find out some Justin Simmons news soon, Von Miller. Like I said, I think all those things are going to be coming here soon. So, um, you know, some of those things and also, you know, um, you know, Peyton Manning and, and John Lynch going into the hall of fame, I'll have, you know, quite a bit of content for that. I know that's a little bit later down the road, but, um, I'm kind of just hoping that, you know, this off season is a little bit more back to normal than last year where everything was kind of shut down. So I'm hoping, you know, training camp happens and um, you know, we get to talk to some of these guys in person.
0: Yeah. There was nothing worse than, uh, you know, just trying to put out some content in May and June. Yeah. Every other tweet was followed by responses with, well, there's not going to be a football season anyway. So we're right. you wasting your time for because we got to make money people. And these are all yeah. so. <laughs> that's that. Uh, that's George. This has been the PFF fantasy football podcast. Thank you for always us listening, everybody. And until next time, take care.